Next on BYU Sports Nation, the wheel of accountability for BYU football. Kalani Satake willingly shouldering the blame. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on what BYU is playing for and on who or what is to blame for the season. Plus, which movie best describes the 2017 BYU football season? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Station is live and back to work on a Monday. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, November 6th. We fear no Monday. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Fresno City historian Jerem Jordan. Well, it all started with the gold rush of 49, Spencer. <laughs> How was Fresno? Did Fresno you bring something was, back for the set? Yes, I did. I'll get to that in a little bit. Fresno oh, was really cool. Um, really? Yes. Okay. Okay, and I told this to our senior coordinating producer, Michael Miner. I took more pictures with BYU fans before that game at the alumni party. Like you saying, can I take game. a picture with you? Yeah, that's something like that. <laughs> but I met more people and took more pictures at that game, in that instance, than I have at any other game that I've been to across the country. Interesting. And I thought, wow, BYU football, 2-7 and seven California. before the game. And they have this kind of support crew show up. I thought well, it was, they, it it was, was outstanding. All, it was all of Steve Cleveland's relatives, but yeah. Clevesland. Yeah. Anyway, I thought I was, I was really impressed. Like, I was like... Were you more impressed by that or anything on the field? Em- emotionally moved by <laughs> what I saw from BYU fans. Are you saying that a dog licked your hand and it warmed yes, you? Yes, in a, in a Fresno type of way. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> what'd you bring us? What'd you bring the set, man? I'll get to that C block. Okay. That's the, middle that, of the so, show. So, middle of the show. So we have five segments. Come by blocks A, B, C, D, E. Okay. So that's the third segment. Middle of the show. Okay. Um, the one thing I did have a problem with in Fresno was we got in super late, and then we worked all day Saturday and, and had another late night. We weren't there for a ton of time. Fast food. So I needed you, my Fresno City historian, to tell me where to go for the best fast food. We went to Carl's Jr. Hung twice. I Fresno like one day in my life. Carl's Jr. twice. Oh, twice. Wow. No. It's got to be more than that. <laughs> restaurants? Really? There, there are more restaurants than that. Not you good. didn't take you didn't partake of the local fair? <laughs> no. No, not not at one o'clock in the morning Pacific time. Oh, come on, man. Saturday night in Fresno? That'd be crazy. Have you adjusted oh, to the daylight uh, shift, however? Yeah, well my daughter didn't, but yeah. <laughs> daughter woke up at so six you have Sunday morning. Yeah. Oh. oh, the struggle is real parenting that. Bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football drops to 2-8 and eight after losing at Fresno State on Saturday night, 20-13. The Cougars outgained the Bulldogs offensively, but lost starting quarterback Tanner Mangum to that season-ending Achilles injury. BYU running back Squally Canada had a nice game, spoke with us after the contest about how to handle the loss of Mangum. It's sad, you know, we, want, we, need, we need him, but you got to have that mentality of next man up. You can't dwell on it for too long because then when you start dwelling on it, you start losing focus. Can I just say the quarterback situation for BYU since Max Hall has been absolutely ridiculous? It's dumb, Jerem. It's dumb. Injuries specifically, not just the people, right? 
Yes, okay. referencing the injuries specifically. It's stupid. Really, it's been just the worst turn of luck for BYU football at that specific position in relation to injuries. Yeah, mostly from one dude, which was bad, but that is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. In six of the last eight seasons, BYU starting quarterbacks had a season-ending injury at some point in the year. What? Taste about four of those, and that was dumb, as you said. Yeah. What seasons? Not cool. What seasons did it end up okay? 2013? 2013. And uh, there was another one. 2011? 2011. Oh. Jake Keeps was injured. He was just inept. He was, yes. Yeah. He, he was, was in something. For Riley Nelson. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <sighs> Daniel Sorensen had six tackles for the Kansas City Chiefs, who continue to lose. Uh, and a 28-17 loss to the Cowboys. My Seahawks lost as well, so whatever. Jamal Williams and the Green Bay Packers take on Ziggy Ansah and the Detroit Lions tonight on Monday Night Football. The lonely master, Jimo Dashen. Jimmer Fredette scores 44 points in a Sharks win over oh. the Brave Dragons. A ho-hum 44. They're so brave. Jimmer also had four rebounds, four assists, and two steals. I love the mascots, although the American mascots are worse, let's be honest. What, I, am a, I am a magic. I am, I am a jazz. I am a heat. I am a heat. Yeah, awesome. I do like the jazz, though. Tenth-ranked BYU women's volleyball beat St. Mary's. Take that, Matthew Delvadova. In four sets on Saturday. Fun to be there for that one. Veronica Jones-Perry, Copperhill's finest. 24 kills, six digs, and an ace in the win. You said that whoever won that match won the rights to the Delva Dagger. So right? we, will, we will now retire <laughs> the phrase Delva Dagger. Alex Jensen tweeted at me and goes, you can't stop me from using it. I'm sorry. The play-by-play for St. Mary's men's basketball. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Who approved this Hollywood script? The Twitter question, please, Jerem. That's the fastest in show history to the Twitter question. I just want to acknowledge that moment. Congratulations, everybody. What movie best describes the 2017 BYU football season? That's why we went quickly Use to the it. hashtag BYU. Because this is a loaded question. Twig or Stone, and then there were none. This describes the number of players that have, have, been, that have not been hurt this season. Oh. Use the hashtag oh, BYUSN. Oh, all right, all right. Oh, oh. I got a couple ideas here. One, Waterworld. Most expensive movie of the time. It was terrible. Although the expectations for this season weren't crazy high. I mean, there was the idea. You were saying maybe 10 wins. I was like, ah, eight or nine. Like nine, I think that was my number. Yeah, we were way off. The Lovely Bones, okay? Uh, directed by Peter Jackson, who did Lord of the Rings, okay? This is a bad movie. Really bad, okay? My wife invited me to this movie when we first started dating. So I'll always remember going to that movie. But it was a really bad movie. We didn't know. Otherwise, we wouldn't have gone. It was bad. Peter Jackson did it. It was bad. What? What? And any of the Transformers or Pirates of the Caribbean movies after the first ones. Although I do love watching the Transformers movies. I haven't even seen the newest Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, I'll still watch BYU football. It doesn't mean the games aren't good or bad. They're, in fact, they've been bad. I'll still watch. I've got two. One of them... Is just a bad movie. The other is a unique take. And I'll start with the bad movie. Batman versus Superman. Okay? I feel like that movie... Jason Shepard's going to be so mad that you said that. Because of the superhero context. Like, BYU football, going into the 2017 season, we thought, they've got some superheroes, right? It's going to be good. I was saying, who are the superheroes on this love team? this. Okay, well... On Peter offense. Mangum and... Moroni Laulu Pututau and the linebacking core of the century. One of the best Fred ever. Warner and Butch Pau and yeah. Francis Bernard. No, no. It just, it just never 
lived up to the hype, right? Because say, of injuries and yeah, I would say it's a five and seven season though, not two and eight. Players are unavailable. Like, like wow. if you give me a movie, I could give you a record out of twelve of what it is. That's how okay. I can rate it. Okay? okay. Anyway, later, later. So that's the first one because I thought <laughs> superhero expectations. Like I thought DC is finally going to put together a good movie. Nope, that's just Wonder Woman. We're hoping Justice League is good in ten days. <sighs> Wonder Woman is the BYU women's volleyball season. Yes, it is. There are a lot of Wonder Women on that team. One hundred percent. Okay. The second one is, and I know people are going to be like, "Huh?" Saving Private Ryan. Explain yourself. Okay. Explain yourself. One of my favorite movies. Yes, one of the greatest movies ever. But all of my favorite people in that show get hurt. Jerem, hurt is a soft word for it. Oh, that's it's a war movie. You know that's your ha- limitations. It's been out for a long time. You know what's going to happen, right? You become so emotionally attached to these amazing figures and characters. Vin Diesel's coming out party. And I have these. (laughs) We're close with these BYU football players. My heart breaks for Tanner Mangum right now because he has gone through the ringer and again this season, emotionally, physically. Like, it has been so tough, and now he's lost for the season. And I just, I hate that. I hate that. So while I love that movie, and it was for the greater good, so many of those people that are close to you that you have that emotional tie with are hurt or killed and it just it stinks man you want those people to live on forever and be awesome and not have to go through that but they did it so now the spin there is it was it was for the greater good this season jerem moving forward for boa football will be for the greater good it better be of what's to come for the status of football at brigham young university if it's not then we're in big trouble if BYU can rebound and turn the program around and the cost was this year, then maybe it was worth it. Hardly ever is a 2-8 and eight situation worth it. Like, oh, that was great, and we needed that. It's like, could you have learned the lesson you need to learn without going that deep into the loss column? Mm. That's the question I have. All things to discuss I during. Don't s- I don't is- see this as necessary. I see it as accidental. It's quickly becoming a compelling offseason as we look ahead to the movie scripts for yeah. 2018. Yes. Holy cow. Uh, by the way, Jerem. This is a specific week of something. Isn't it interesting that BYU is officially eliminated from bowl contention the week that another significant thing happens for another team on campus? The countdown to the Delta Cowboys. Five days away. Saturday on BYU TV. BYU versus the worst team in college hoops, according to Sports Illustrated, Mississippi Valley State. Take that, Jerry Rice. <laughs> He's not going to play for them. Nice think. hands, Jerry. <laughs> I know it's Larry. Uh, yeah, 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 I got you. The IHOP commercial. <laughs> nice hand, Larry. It's like spinning all these plates with pancakes on it. Five days away from BYU basketball. In the meantime, we're discussing movies and BYU football. Also to come on the show, the wheel of accountability for BYU football. We're going to spin this wheel. It's got some uh, things on it, uh-huh. and uh, we're going to discuss whether that's a legit reason BYU's 2-8, and eight, okay? <laughs> the Wheel of Accountability is coming yes. up. You're not going to want to yes. miss this. That's Did we, we steal roll. that from between the lines? Maybe. It's how we roll on a Monday. It's all in the BYU TV sports budget. Don't worry about it, okay? What movie best describes <laughs> the 2017 BYU football season? Let's go to the Twitter machine. You got tweets. All right. At 86, W.I. Coog tweets in, 
the perfect storm with trio mm. of events, injuries, inexperience, oh. and poor judgment execution. We have seen horrific damage on the field. I like that one. Wow. Well, well I don't like out. I don't like the actual content, but I like that idea. Oh, you don't like injuries, inexperience, and poor judgment slash execution? Uh, no, I don't. Oh, interesting. Okay, at B Royal Blue Coog. A series of unfortunate events. So much good surrounded by so much sadness and evil. Hashtag broken blue goggles. I'm not going to break them, but. These are excellent tweets, my friends. These are really good tweets. Keep them rolling in. Unfortunately, it cost BYU 2 and 8 to get these uh, really good tweets. Yes, at KL Fawcett with one I thought about going to. Mm. Groundhog Day. Same bad experience with the same outcome forced to relive over and over. But how does that movie end? This is what I'm talking about. This season's not going to end like that movie, though. Well, not this season specifically, but, like, how many seasons did Bill Murray go through in Groundhog Day? He learned how to play the piano and ice sculpt. Like, he went through about 20 seasons, man. Ain't ain't nobody got time for (laughs) that. And it got better progressively. Ain't nobody got time for that. he found his true love, the college football playoff. Let's go. He He had to switch something major, and it was inside of him. Ah, ah. But couldn't that be what it is for Listen, BYU football? BYU football is not defined by thoughts and uh, intentions. It's defined by actions, okay? Mm-hmm. And 2-8 and eight stinks, and BYU's got some things to uh, work on in the next three games and in the offseason, obviously. What movie best describes the 2017 BYU football season? I am so proud of all of you thus far that have tweeted good, in yeah, good BYU movies. Sports Nation. Or bad movies. Keep it rolling. Good answers. Coming up, we unveiled the Wheel of Accountability. Ah, yes. And next, ESPN's Trevor Maddich joins us for his weekly conversation. What motivates a team that's 2-8 and eight going forward? And who does he place the blame on? What? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I, for one, love Mondays. Welcome back. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Okay, that was a lie. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. I gather that a few of you will have strong opinions today. Why is that? But tomorrow is a Super Tuesday. Regardless of how your Monday went, Tuesdays are super on BYU TV, 6 Eastern time, BYU Sports Nation. That is our program. After further view, coming up at 7 Eastern. And then BYU football with Kalani Satake coming up at 8 Eastern. It is three hours of footballness on BYU TV. What movie best describes the 2017 BYU football season? At Here's E64 tweets in Home Alone. When the guy is trying to get in the house through the basement only to meet one painful obstacle after another. So comparing BYU football to the guys that are the criminals in Home Alone. Yeah, exactly, from their perspective. Because for Kevin, Kevin! There's like a ringing in here. That was awesome. Um, It is a good thing. He comes out in the end unscathed from the experience. BYU will not come out unscathed from this experience. What do they call themselves? The Wet Bandits? The Wet Bandits. (laughs) (laughs) Wet Bandits. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is ESPN college football expert, insider, and analyst, college football national champion at BYU, Trevor Maddich, for another Maddich Monday. Trevor, which movie best describes the 2017 BYU football season for you? I think maybe it's a wonderful life. I think as bad as things feel, uh, you have a dream and you realize they might be even worse. So 
maybe we can look at the positive that way. Are you saying it could be worse for BYU football? Yeah, well, they, they, they could not have a win. You know, they could have quit, and they haven't quit, and they at least have had a little bit of success this year. Uh, this is a season that, as bad as it is this year, I think will lead to some pretty good things next year because you've got a lot of guys that have had to play because of injuries and other reasons uh, that I think will help them. And I think going into this offseason, they'll have the best offseason they've ever had because you never want to go through this again. And that's the hope, and that offseason is going to be without Tanner Mang, and we'll discuss that in a moment. But if this season can leverage itself into success later, then maybe, maybe it was worth it. But if BYU kind of struggles next year, then it wasn't worth it, and there are bigger issues. So you feel like BYU is going to bounce back from this and next year be better because I think be better would be go to a bowl game next year, right? Yeah, be better would get back to a bowl game. If they can do better than that, that's great. But in order to be better, they've got to catch a few passes. In order to be better, they've got to be more efficient on offense. And there's a lot of, uh, I think, uh, criticism of offensive coordinator Ty Detmer and his style of offense and his play calling. But the truth of it is this offense will work as long as it is executed at a decent level. It doesn't have to be uh, a high level. It doesn't have to be superior execution. Just execute pretty well, and you'll see a lot of good things happening with this offense. Uh, I was talking with David Shaw, uh, Stanford's head coach, about why he runs a pro-style offense, essentially, in an era of up-tempo spreads. And he said in the up-tempo spread, you have a lot of plays that aren't very good for the defense that's in front of you. And you try to make up for that by running a ton of plays. Plus, in the up-tempo spread, you can't coach as much on the field in terms of individual technique, you know, how to play the game of football. You're going so fast in practice that you just get it all on tape and you coach in the meeting room. But with a pro-style offense like they run at Stanford and like Ty Detmer wants to institute here, you slow it down, the pace, but every play is maximized for the defense that's in front of you because the nature of what the quarterback does with his checks, the nature of what the receivers are supposed to be doing. So instead of running 85 plays and 20 of them aren't good, you're running 65 plays, and they're all the right play for the moment. This is the way it's supposed to work if everything's going as well as it should be. And next year will be their true second year in this system. And I think that uh, next year we'll be able to judge it better than we've been able to this year. It's a Maddich Monday with ESPN's Trevor Maddich. We saw some good things on offense from BYU on Saturday night against Fresno State. In fact, BYU outgained the Bulldogs in that loss. But that's the key word, a loss, and another one for BYU. So what are your emotions about this team at this point of the season? Well, the emotions right now are kind of like a – well, about the team, it's different. You know, the team, I see the fight, and I see how they care for each other and their coaches. You can see that in the way they play games. You can also see that they're frustrated. Uh, but it's tough to fight through this kind of a thing. But overall, the emotions of watching this season – the only way I can really describe it is it's like a, a cheese grater on my eyeball. It's been, <laughs> it's been hard. Viewer discretion advised. <laughs> oh. or, uh, yeah, well, figuratively, you know, I didn't actually do that to see yeah. what it really felt like I do feel. Well then, well then, BYU TV going to the next level. My goodness. Okay, Tanner Mangum has an Achilles injury. We don't know to what extent, but, you know, it, it looked bad. He, he is out uh, for the rest of the year, and likely spring ball and into the summer we'll see but what does that mean for BYU's quarterback position 
in the final three games of the regular season here. Well, I, it'll give Bo, it'll give Bo Hodge, it'll give Critchlow some some time to work, some good quality game experience. Not only make them better, because what it will do is increase competition uh, in the off season. Now, whenever whenever Tanner gets back, I don't know. I mean, this injury sounds like it's one that'll be a full six months, uh, and so spring ball he won't be available, I'm sure. But once they get into the summer and get rolling, there'll be some very good competition, and competition makes everybody better. That, that's kind of an important thing. So this year, from a standpoint of any you know, goals from bowls and things like that, is already a lost year when it comes to those goals. So that's part of what they'll be able to accomplish now is head into next year uh, with, with better competition in the offseason and into next summer. It looked like he was starting to find a bit of a rhythm between the San Jose State game, yes, I know, terrible opponent, but he got into a rhythm at Fresno State. What did you see from Tanner Mangum that encouraged you that he can be a BYU quarterback that can produce good numbers? Well, he was, he was hitting receivers. Uh, he was hitting them mostly short, and that's, that's a problem. But there were too many drops. And he was still leading the team, even though there were so many drops and there were mistakes that would stall out drives. And I like that. I mean, it's easy for a quarterback to get on a roll and hit all his passes and find the open space and really feel it. It's really hard on a quarterback when things aren't going well and when you have a lot of self-inflicted problems. Now, how do you lead? And I think that's one of the great things about Tanner Mangum is that he is such a quality man. I mean, he, he's one of my favorite human beings in college football. He, he is a quality man. And you, you see that on the field with his leadership, even though you don't see the production. And the production is some his fault, but it's not all his fault. You know, again, the receivers, we've talked about this for a while, the receivers need to toughen up. I mean, really, I think, I think they'd be best off if instead of having the receivers um, – in spring practice compete on the field running routes for who the starter is, I think they should take them three at a time, lock them in a closet with baseball bats. One will come out. Okay, that guy's over here. Put three more in there. One what is this, the out. dark night? <laughs> That's right, because they need guys that, that, are, that are just tougher, that play tougher, that, that fight harder. And, you know, with all the drops, I mean, at this time of the season, there's no reason in the world to drop so many passes. It's frustrating. Now, there are, there are rays of hope. Bushman has been fantastic. Shumway has shown some good pow. Pow has done some good things. You know, there, there have been some, some rays of hope. But ultimately, Tanner Mangum, because that, that's kind of what the, what the question is here, uh, Tanner Mangum in a, a, a place where he could be pointing fingers, a place where he could be making demonstrations on the field and overtly chewing out and showing up his receivers and other people that make mistakes. You know, he's leading. He's not denigrating. And I tell you, it, it, it's a hard thing to do, and I think it speaks to Mangum's character. Three games left, no bowl game, first time in uh, 13 years. Uh, what is BYU playing for now, in your opinion? Each other. You know, that, that's really what it amounts to. Um, it's the guy on the right and the guy on the left and for the sacrifice that you've already made. You know, you know how hard your teammates have worked and how much they hurt because of injuries that they're playing with. A lot of those injuries won't be healed until the off season, and I'm not even talking about ones like, like Tanner's. I'm just talking about the wear and tear of football. And when you see that, you want to make sure, if you love your teammates, that you validate their sacrifice even though you're not getting success on the field. Trevor, what do you feel like is the number one reason BYU is 2-8 and eight at this point? 
You know, there's, there's a combination of, of three things, I think. One of them is offensive inefficiency. There, especially in the passing game. The passing game has just been, it's been abysmal. It's just been abysmal. No other real way to describe it except cheese grater on the eyeball. The second thing is the schedule has was a perfect storm early to maximize the problems that the offense had. And so any any issue that was it that caused them trouble on the field, the defenses that they faced made it worse. Of course that doesn't account for Utah State, that doesn't account for East Carolina, and really even for Fresno State, which is a good, which is a pretty good football team. So those two things, and then injuries. Injuries have been epic uh, for the the Cougars this year in positions where they can't really afford it. You know, I mean, in losing Francis Bernard for the season to personal issues, a linebacker, that really kind of set things off on a bad tone. And so I think those three things, offensive inefficiency, the schedule, and injuries, have created a perfect storm for the Cougars. Just a couple weeks left in the regular season, then the uh, conference championships, and then we'll know who the playoff teams are. So who are your top four teams at the moment in college football? My top four teams are Georgia number one, Alabama number two, Notre Dame number three, and Clemson number four. Uh, I've got Oklahoma at number five. I'm a little worried about them because their offense is good enough to put them at number one. I mean, their offense is insane. They've got the most effective quarterback in the country in Baker Mayfield behind an offensive line that's probably one of the three best offensive lines in the country. So it's not just a matter of Mayfield scrambling around and extending plays. They've got an offensive line that can actually protect him in the pocket and can open holes for their running backs. So the problem is the defense is, you know, what's going on with the Oklahoma defense? I mean, in some ways, the Oklahoma defense is the BYU offensive defenses. <laughs> and so, you know, so I've got them at number five. And the reason I have Georgia at number one over Alabama has nothing to do with Alabama's, um, you know, with, with the power ranking. I think actually Oklahoma, well, check that. I think Alabama is a better team than Georgia. The thing is, though, Georgia has a better resume with that win up at Notre Dame. Um, You know, they've just beaten more teams that will probably finish ranked than Alabama has. Great stuff, Trevor. We appreciate the time as always. And uh, let's do it again next Monday, shall we? Yeah, I'll I'll have the cheese grater ready and we'll, uh, you know, we'll we'll talk about, uh, I don't know, pizza. (laughs) Thanks, Trevor. Bye, guys. Trevor Maddich of ESPN on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. We should have said, uh, you know, audible discretion advised on that one. What? Cheese graters, eyeballs, (laughs) bats, closet. Like, what just happened? He pointed out three specific areas that he feels have combined to put BYU in the current 2-8 and situation they are in right now. We've got a few more. On the wheel of accountability, people, we will discuss that next. <laughs> also, for that. more of your movies. In fact, let's read a few more tweets right now, shall we? Back to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. What movie best describes the 2017 BYU football season? At Billy Wonka, The Matrix, Vid Angel Edition. Of course. We are experiencing a false reality created by Ute fans and WCC <laughs> basketball refs. We need a pill. Honor code approved. That's an elite tweet nominee. <laughs> for sure. 
Okay? Yes. Coming up, Jimmer goes off. How many points did Jimo Dashen score over the weekend? It's a lot. But he scores a lot. A lot. Yes, he does. And next, we debut the Wheel of Accountability for <laughs> BYU football. People want answers. We'll let the will and inertia decide what we discuss. I'm being hypnotized right now. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Tecano's Brazilian Grill. Escape the ordinary. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast nationally on BYU TV. We are on demand. You know it. Anytime, anywhere. As long as you have the internet. That's kind of the key there. Uh, or on demand, yeah, of course. Facebook Live today. BYU Football Facebook page, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, right after the show. BYU football press conference with Kalani Sitake and select players coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern time, 28 minutes. I would just like to point out uh, something else that happened in Fresno, Jerem, and I, I overlooked this. We did have a fantastic breakfast, as pointed out by... Ed Carls Jr.? Our senior coordinating producer, Michael Miner. It was not at Carls Jr. Oh, good. I don't even know the name of it, but it was really good, and it got it got uh, had a lot of stars or whatever on Yelp. Yeah. Okay. The best part about that was you could get your car washed while you ate breakfast there. It was like... <laughs> Were you afraid the car would be taken? <laughs> it was a rental, so who cares? I, but. I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say the restaurant name. It's all good. I plead the fifth. <laughs> so great yes. food, though. Great so food. Yes. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Starting with this, BYU football drops to 2-8. and eight. After losing at Fresno State on Saturday night, 20-13, to 13, the Cougars put up more yards than the Bulldogs did offensively, but not without a significant loss. Starting quarterback Tanner Mangum out with a season-ending Achilles injury. BYU running back Squally Canada spoke with us after the game about how to handle the loss of Mangum. It's sad. You know, we, want, we, need, we need him, but you got to have that mentality of next man up. You can't dwell on it for too long because then when you start dwelling on it, you start losing focus. Who is the next man up? Is it Bo Hodge, who was hobbled? Or Joe Critchlow? I think Brady Papinga has the answer to that one. Daniel Sorensen had six tackles for the Kansas City Chiefs in a 28-17 loss to the Dallas Cowboys. Jamal Williams and the Green Bay Packers take on Ziggy Ansah and the Detroit Lions tonight on Monday Night Football. The lonely master, Jimo Dashen. Jimmer Fredette scores 44 points in a Shanghai Sharks win over the Brave Dragons. Jimmer also had four rebounds, four assists, and two steals. They'll shout. And number 10, BYU women's volleyball beat St. Mary's in four sets on Saturday. Veronica Jones-Perry, baller, led the Cougars with 24 kills, six digs, and an ace. It's time, Jerem. We have talked about the wheel of accountability. Sorry. The wheel of accountability. It is in the nature of fans to assign blame when things go wrong. You get some blame, and you get some blame, and you get some blame, and you get some blame. Not just the fans, but players and coaches as mm-hmm. well. And BYU is no different. After the game on Saturday, head coach Kalani Satake says there is enough blame to go around with the BYU struggles. Listen to this. There's enough blame to go around, and um, it all falls on me as a head coach. And I've said that over and over again. And this is, uh, I got to get, this, I got to get, get, get this fixed. And it's, um, you know, just the inefficiency and the offense not able to get points on the board. It's all that matters right now. We're not able to do that. And, and the inability to make big plays on defense and create turnovers or big plays. All the blame falls on me, essentially, Eh, from Kalani Satake. Yes, but no. There are a lot of things involved. 
In and, fact, so many things that fill a wheel. Ah, uh, yes. So we have decided to take a closer look at the situation with our wheel of accountability. Oh, what they've won. <laughs> All right, Jeremy, you are the designated spinner. Yeah. Now, what we're doing here is we're going to spin the wheel, and then we will decide. You're going to let inertia decide, Spencer. If one of these categories or several of these categories are valid. Uh, I guess reasons BYU's doing reasons BYU has struggled the way they have. Yeah, yeah. is it is it a valid reason? Okay, uh, we have Kalani Stocky and coaching injuries, uh, playing RM slash youth slash inexperienced schedule. You know, offense, defense, players, absentees, which kind of means uh, injuries slash those off the field issues. Okay, so we're gonna spin this and we'll discuss. Okay, shall we? Let the inertia do its thing. Shall we? Here we go. Wheel of Accountability. All right. What's number one? Spinning, spinning, spinning. And players. it ends on players. Players. Uh, players uh, Players play. Coaches coach, right? I think BYU has not been good enough on the field. I think that there have been too many drop passes. I don't think BYU has been disciplined enough in certain areas. I think there's talent on this team, but the players that are playing, it's not all the players that BYU expected to be playing at the beginning of the year. I, th- I think that's played into this. Yes, the players have to go out and execute sure. the game plan. And no matter how well a coach communicates or prepares or sets up his players to go out and do the right thing, sometimes the players just decide to not do the right thing, run to the wrong gap, to throw it to the wrong receiver. Or just maybe they weren't good enough against the opposing exactly. players sometimes. Exactly, or the matchup is bad and they lose to a superior opponent. Like, right? is, like is it? Is it Reno Mahe's fault that Ulatolu Tau fumbled the ball multiple times against Utah State? Answer. No. What do you think? No. A little bit in coaching him how to carry it, but ultimately Ulu's got to do it or not. There are, it's, it's He's got to com- do it or it's not. It's a combined effort. Like You can't 100% yes. put it on any one individual in that situation, which is why we have I, the yes. wheel of accountability. I agree. So, so uh, players legit? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Players but need to play. You can't say sure. 100%. Yeah. Well, it's all Ula's right. fault. Right. It's not. It, it's not Tanner Mangum's fault. It's not. Clint, it's. It's. It's everybody's fault to some degree. We'll just <laughs> spin again. Here yes. Go. Let's no, go. All right. Uh, let's it's spin valid, it again. But how much you if decide? We, if we repeat, we'll spin again. Here we go. And it comes to a stop on inexperience and return missionaries. Yes, I think this is legit. Um, the fact that you're leading, you know, rusher Ula Tolutau off a mission. First year, you don't want to have to play those guys initially. Leading receiver, Matt Bushman. Your star defensive lineman is Kairos Tonga. Right off of a off mission. mission. You you don't want to have to be in that situation where the first year they're thrown to a huge role. I don't think that's ideal, but that's the way that it is. Like you, you just have to deal with that, right? BYU lost some seniors in a lot of important positions last year, and that co- that that cost BYU. We saw that, and the schedule was tougher this year than last year, probably. I think this is a more valid concern than just pinning it on the players, right? That's pretty general. Yeah, this is a little more specific on certain players. We're not saying they haven't been good enough. I'm saying you don't want to have to play them immediately. Now, would Ula Tolutau have fumbled that many times against Utah State if he were not playing as a return if missionary? If he wasn't the main guy. And he had yeah, enough time to don't get fumble. healthy and get right just and don't prepare fumble. himself. Like, yeah. Yes, that factors into it. 100% inexperience and having to rely on guys that are fresh off missions is it 
affects what happens on the field. Yeah, you, you don't want that. You don't want that. Okay, here we go. Another spin. What do we got? The Wheel of Accountability. And okay. Kalani and coaching. Okay. Yeah, yes. BYU's needed to coach these guys up. Now, now I do, I do want to talk about this. I think that Ty Detmer, it, it, it wasn't working effectively, right? So at what point do you say I'm, the offense wasn't working effectively? At what point do you say this isn't working? Do you know how many times Ty Detmer has adjusted the offense to the person? Every stinking week! He's, he's done his best to try and cater to what is going to work. He has abandoned the pro-style offense from the beginning of the year in an attempt to try and win, and that hasn't worked. Kalani Stocky, at the end of the day, is the boss. He's the guy. He's the head coach. So, you know, if any one guy is going to get a certain amount of blame for, you know, or, or attribution for what's going on, it's going to be the head coach. And he's taken all of it on him. But it's not all on him. The coaching staff does need to be better. The players need to be better. Strength and conditioning needs to be better. Everybody needs to be better when you're 2-8. and eight. Everybody. You know what's funny about this? If BYU were 8-2, and two, this wouldn't be discussed. It wouldn't be discussed. And then it'd be called Wheel of Awesome. That's how fickle this thing is, right? Well, there's not, not been, it's not been that fickle. Eight times. You can't be fickle eight times. No, what I'm saying is from one season to the next. Like, if BYU, you look at Notre Dame. Notre Dame had the Wheel of Accountability last year. They were 4 They're, to fire They're Brian the number Kelly. three team in the country. They wanted Brian Kelly gone, Jim. Yeah. Apparently, one season to apparently the next. he's a bad coach, so I don't know how Big they're doing picture. that. picture. <laughs> And the point is of this wheel of accountability is you cannot pinpoint one area, even though Kalani says it all falls on me. That's why we have seven. He's a good leader. He's a good captain of the ship, okay? He stepped up, but he doesn't need to. There are a lot of different areas. Yeah. I don't know that he stepped up on the field, though. You know what I mean? Like, you need to be better on the field. Everybody, everybody. Coming up, Cougs on Cougs crime tonight in the NFL. What two former players are battling on Monday Night Football? Ah, yes. And next... Hey, why not discuss a few more categories on the wheel of accountability? Is it more on the offense or the defense? Or special teams? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Coming up on BYU Radio and the app, Coordinator's Corner with... Your boy, Greg Rubel, 2 Eastern Time. It's going to be a great show again today. Elias Tuiaki and Ed Lamb on the program. I was called Jerem three times in Fresno, by the wow. way. Wow! Jerem! What a, what a bad deal for you. Well, I, I just don't have the heart to tell him. I, I know. People will call me Spencer, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yes, I know. I am. We're one the, and the same. I am the, the voice of BYU Women's Soccer. <laughs> or the face, rather, because there's radio for that one. We are discussing the wheel of accountability for BYU football. We asked Trevor Maddich, what's the number one reason BYU football is 2-8? and eight? He put it on three different categories, which I think is the appropriate That's trend. cop-out. We wanted one answer. Well, no, he set up the trend <laughs> because there isn't one clear yeah. answer, right? Yes. So There's do not we... one clear answer. So let's go back to the wheel, wheel of, of accountability. accountability. Okay, we have four other categories we're hoping to get to here. Inertia is going to pick for us. And it lands. And nope. we already did that one. <laughs> we discussed Kalani and the and coaches. Defense. defense. We've talked about that one, haven't we? No. No. We talked about players, but not defense. Okay, the BYU defense. Are they responsible, and if so, how much, for BYU's 2-8 and eight 
situation in the 2017 college football season. I think the BYU defense has been good at times. Overall, I think they have been formidable. Okay, that's the word that comes to mind for me. It's very, Form- that's formidable. a formal word. Okay. The one area that they have struggled in is turning the ball over. Yeah, last year was amazing, right? Not even close this year. That's really changed the game for the offense. They can't get off the field. There have been games where the offense – okay, l- let's be honest. The offense has kind of stunk most of the season minus San Jose State, okay? That's kind of like the only game where I was like, yes, that's the offense that BYU wants. One game out of ten. Even this last game wasn't the game – I mean, BYU was fine. BYU's fine in it. What were they? Uh, total yards, 336. That's fine. you got to get about 400, okay? The minus seven in the turnover margin for the yes. season is 124th out of 129 college football teams. In the first half, what does the offense's ineptitude have to do with the defense? In the second half, I get that you're tired. In the first half, though, you still got to be able to get off the field. Too many three and outs uh, against too many opponents. So... I don't. I think the offense more to blame than the defense, but I think the defense could have gotten off the field and created a few more turnovers. Yeah, and guess what? You have more turnovers when you have more sacks and more quarterback hurries. Where's the pass rush? Like, is that an honor code violation suddenly this year or something? Like, why did that go away? Well, and how much of the lack of a pass rush has to do with not having the guys that the coaches want in place Wait, because of what are you injuries saying? They don't, oh, and inexperience oh. and whatever, right? Well, you gotta, you gotta. Play the hand you're dealt. And BYU has not played those hands well, And is the hand that BYU has been dealt with absentees and injuries, is that good enough to create more turnovers and get more hurries and more I wouldn't say BYU was good at pass rush last year. They were opportunistic, right? They were. Okay, that's defense. There are three more spots we're trying to get randomly here, or I'll just manipulate it, whatever. Uh, Oh, offense. offense. Okay, that's one of three. You had your say. A little bit ago, but let's dive into that a little bit more. It's one of the worst BYU offenses had in a long time. They, they, to me, if I have to look at offense versus defense, which one kind of cost BYU a little more, I, I think the offense. Still breaking in a new offense. And, and you might say, well, it's year two. Guess what? BYU was running the Jamal offense last year. They had an NFL running back. They had an NFL quarterback. How many times in BYU's history has BYU had two players in the backfield in the NFL, running back and quarterback? It's been very rare. That was one of the most dynamic backfields BYU has ever had. The learning curve was steeper than we thought. BYU did not return playmakers. A freshman leads BYU in rushing and uh, receiving. BYU was asking for it on offense a little bit. The cupboard was a little bare. I like the group moving forward, but the cost was 2017 a little bit. Ty Detmer knew this, and he saw it. Last year he said, Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams cover up a lot of things for our offense. He knew it, and he has gone. Back and he could not deny year, it. Okay, and he said they. And now it's more apparent because we are seeing what the BYU offense is like without those guys here. Yes, the BYU offense has struggled mightily, but I will say this: I saw improvement, obviously against San Jose State, a bad San Jose State team, but still, BYU did what we hoped they would do. Yeah, almost 600 fin- yards finally, of total they did offense. what we thought they'd do. Yeah, BYU outgained the offense of Fresno State on top, Saturday night. Top 20 defense, but it only turned into 13 points. So hollow yards then. Yeah, red zone penalties, you know, and that deals with inexperience. And Kalani said that's where the coaching really makes. He's like, that's on us. Those are stupid penalties. That's on us. We need to figure that out. Okay? So if he wants to take the blame and shoulder that blame, fine. I thought that the offense over the last two weeks did enough 
They did 13 enough. points is not enough. No, no. I feel How is that enough? If the defense doesn't allow Fresno State to score right after BYU goes and scores that touchdown. 20 points. You should be able to win on 20. No? If, not this year because offense has been bad. Against the top 20 defense, I thought the offense looked okay. I thought they looked okay on the road against the top 20 defense. It was okay. Yes. Given the, the way the, – because of the standard or normally? Correct. The standard – like standard the st- is – So, outgaining Fresno State – and 13 points is not enough, though. You've got to get – I'm not disagreeing with that. Get what I'm saying is – 17 or 20. They gained enough yards to score more points than 13. Yeah, so I say hollow yards. That's what to I To score think. more points than yeah. 13. And yeah. they missed – they dropped pass, things like that. But yes, yes. Like quarterback play and play calling, all of that stuff, it was good enough. It was good enough. Quarterback play, 163 from Tanner. It was like five yards per attempt. That's really low. There was nothing he really did, intermediate and deep. He did what he was asked to do. He did Ask what he was more. asked to do. And they started to, and then the passes getting dropped downfield started yeah. to happen. Yeah. Okay, we have that's two more on, here. That's not on Tanner Mangum. Well, not pushing it down the fields on Tanner Mangum, right? All right. Whoops, schedule. 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 Okay. Correction. Okay, the schedule. Listen, this was a harder schedule than uh, last year. And, and we people, thought last year was really hard. Some people will hate this. It's like, don't you don't blame the schedule. I, I've been vocal about think. I think that BYU schedule is like one and a half games too tough. Like, what's the point? I, I want BYU. I want BYU schedule to, be, to have like a couple of really compelling games. Awesome, but I don't want to play anyone anytime anywhere. Okay, what's now, the point of that? Let's flip that now to the final category that we haven't discussed, Jeremy, and that is absentees. Absentees. Whether by injury or for other reasons. Is this a ballot now? What is this, Florida? I am going to call out some names that have not been on the field this year. Moroni Laulupututau. Francis Bernard. Okay. And, and then Ula Tolutau for Ula Tolutau. two games in a row. Now. Those are the absentees. Not to mention his okay. injury when he wasn't okay early in the season. Right. He's missed the majority of the season. Injuries and off the field stuff. So MLP is uh, uh, an injury. Francis is Bernard's obviously off the field. Ula is an injury and off the field. Butch Poe. Those Tan- have played a role. Tanner Mangum. But those, Hodge. even if those guys are healthy, I don't think BYU's like <laughs> seven and three. No, or something. I don't either. But they're but not I think two they and could eight. Be, I think they could be four and five. They're not five two and, and eight. Four. Yes, it would have helped. BYU would be in a situation where they BYU could go to a bowl. Could game. be five and five at Maybe. this point if they have. Maybe a if, less number of injuries. I'm not saying get rid of all of them. Well, let's just say Francis What's, is available and Moroni is available yes, and Tanner Mangum's not hurt. Or even Bo, if he gets hurt, Bo Hodge doesn't get hurt against I'm, Utah State. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that one. They could be 5-5. Five and five. Coming up, look at Cougs in the NFL. Plus, BYU women's volleyball back on the winning track. It's all covered up in the whip next. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guest, ESPN's Trevor Maddich. We discuss BYU football and his top four in all of college football right now. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play, including the Wheel of Accountability. Coming up this week, Blaine Fowler between the lines, Gregor Bell, Brian Billick, and Dennis Pitta. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU football Cougadores dropped to 2-8 and eight after the loss to Fresno State Saturday night, 20-13. The Cougars outgained Fresno State by 26 yards, but lost starting quarterback Tanner Mangum to a season-ending Achilles injury. 
Cougars in the NFL. Daniel Sorensen had six tackles for the Kansas City Chiefs in a 28-17 loss to the Dallas Cowboys. Jamal Sorry, Williams Jason. and the Green Bay Packers take on Ziggy Ansah and the Detroit Lions tonight on Monday Night Football. Jimmer! The Lonely Master, Jimmo Dashen. Jimmer Fredette scored 44 points in the Sharks' win over the Brave Dragons. Jimmer had four rebounds, four assists, and two steals. Volleyball. Number 10, BYU women's volleyball beats St. Mary's in four sets on Saturday. Ronnie Jones-Perry led the Cougars with 24 kills, six digs, and an ace. Cougars overseas. Eric Mika had 12 points and seven rebounds in Italy in a loss. Kalani Purcell had two points and ten rebounds in a Melbourne Boomers win. And Jen Hampson had 10 points and 15 Whoa. rebounds in a Sydney Uni Flames win. They're in the same league, by the way. Soccer. BYU women's soccer lost their final match of the season at Santa Clara 4-3. to Maddie Matthews found the net twice. BYU finishes the season with seven wins, eight losses, and four ties. Tennis. Sean, don't call me Taysom Hill, fell in the first round of the singles consolation play at the ITA Fall National Championships. Kate Cusick and Anastasia Abramian advanced to the main draw doubles final in the Jack Kramer Invitational on Saturday, but had to forfeit because the finals would have been played on Sunday. Golf. The men's team competes in the last tournament of the fall season starting today at the St. Mary's Invitational at the Poppy Hills Golf Course in Pebble Beach, California. Cougars in the PGA. Your boy, Daniel Summerhays, finished two over par and tied for 57th at the Shriners Hospital for Children Open. (laughs) In the golf voice, that sounds hilarious. Your boy, Daniel Summerhays. Your boy. Your boy. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Who are you giving it to, Jerem? Mm, I'm going to give it to Copperos Finest, Veronica Jones-Perry, VJP. 24 kills on Saturday. She was okay. impressive. Very good. She had like 58 swings or something in the match. It was gnarly. I'm going to give another Rise and Shout to Rhett Almond. Oh, career long, 46. Who made a 46-yard field goal for BYU. What? We're like shocked by a 46-yarder. How amazing That's how low that? the standard no, is. No, listen. It was amazing. <laughs> when that went in, I thought, BYU can win this game. They can win this game. They didn't. Nope. Which movie best describes the 2017 BYU football season? Our elite tweet of the day from Matt Dilly Dilly. Titanic with Cosmo and the Cougarettes playing the part of the band on the deck of the ship. Trying to take our minds off it. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Audio podcast on iTunes for Jerem. I am Spencer. Shout out to the Edwards family.